We have all heard about decluttering your stuff, keeping what's important and what makes you happy. Well, the same is true with decluttering our beliefs, especially for those of us who are deconstructing from harmful, false religious teaching. When you have a collection of beliefs that don't work for you, that don't focus on loving God, loving others, and loving yourself, it is such a gift to you and to those around you to declutter those beliefs. As you discover the truth about how far out of hand those beliefs have gotten, how hurtful they are, you can neutralize them, lift them off your shoulders. It's time to declutter your beliefs so your heart can be free to love and be loved. Would it be okay if I were to tell you that I am afraid someday so I call you up and you call me down, would it be okay? Hello and welcome to the Freed Hearts Podcast. Thanks for joining us. My name is Robert Cottrell and I'm here as always with... Susan Cottrell. Hi there. Hi. How are you? Great. How are you? Good. Have we uh, have we decluttered the house and everything yet? Uh, we've done a lot of it. We have done a lot yes. of it. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about that today. We're going to have some fun as we compare that to decluttering your beliefs. Ooh. So first, again, welcome. Connect with us uh, at... Everything that we do is at freedhearts.org. Please do email us, podcast at freedhearts.org, or hello at freedhearts.org. Your choice. We'd love to hear from you, what you like, what you would like to hear us talk about, questions we can answer for you. Um, just reach out to us. Come say hello. <laughs> hello. <laughs> hello. 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 Thank you. Hello. <laughs> okay, here we go. Again, so we're going to talk about decluttering your stuff. And decluttering your beliefs. Isn't that a great idea? Both, it is. Both are necessary. Did you have this idea? You did have this idea. <laughs> <laughs> yes, honey. It's a good no. <laughs> Both I didn't are mean necessary. It like that. I meant That's like right. it's fun. Yeah. So, all right, here we go. Because decluttering has become this big thing. And I love to watch those decluttering videos. I feel so inspired and it keeps me, you know, on my game for the ongoing process. Of decluttering, and to to, de- to give away the excess is really fun, and it's mm, really freeing. It is, and it makes you feel lighter. And just the other day, I was listening to key points to decluttering, and it suddenly hit me that these same goals and techniques and objections to decluttering our homes also apply to decluttering our belief what? system. I know. I was amazed at the parallels, and I thought you. Our beloved listeners deserve to be able to consider this too. How is decluttering our home similar to decluttering our worldview? And I'll use theology and worldview probably interchangeably here. Um, So how does decluttering our possessions compare to decluttering our beliefs? That's what we'll talk about today. And at the end, I'll even say a bit about Swedish death cleaning. Ah! Sounds like a heavy metal band. Yeah. <laughs> Live tonight, Swedish death cleaning. <laughs> but that is That's not scary. That's a thing? It's a thing. Yeah. Wow. You'll see, though. It's okay. not scary. All right. So the first thing to recognize is that decluttering can be a scary process. One of the biggest hindrances of decluttering, the videos tell me, is that it feels overwhelming and endless. I mean, just think of all the spaces in our home, babe, and we've got to declutter all the closets and the cupboards and the drawers and the shelves and the pantry, all of it. 
and you've got to remove all the excess or extraneous possessions. It can feel overwhelming. I will declutter the the food pantry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you feel free. <laughs> And, you know, and you're kind of afraid you'll end up with nothing, no possessions Mm. and no theology. (laughs) But don't worry about that. Instead, we're just going to take it a bit at a time. And, you know, we could say, um, I'll go through, I'll just go through my shirts or (laughs) just my socks, you know. Okay. (laughs) And, and to picture your entire worldview and all the beliefs about yourself and about God and humanity and good and evil and hell and heaven and inclusion and exclusion to question and remove all the incongruent beliefs, it can feel absolutely overwhelming, especially since a lot of those beliefs we are taught to be like immovable. Yes. You know, and afraid to question. um, So, so we get it. We have been there and we have done that. Yeah, on both counts. On both counts, yeah. So I'll talk about the decluttering stuff, and then Rob will come in with decluttering um, your ideas, your beliefs. Cool. Okay. So the biggest thing to remember is that we're not going to do it all today. When you face the idea of decluttering and you don't even want to start, you're not going to do it all today. We're going to take it as it comes, a drawer, a closet, a Bible verse you don't understand, (laughs) a concept that doesn't make sense, and we're just going to go one by one. And you know instinctively that one room leads to another, one thought leads to another. Where would all will it all end? I think that's a, a very scary thing as you start to declutter. Um, but don't yeah. don't worry about that. It'll make sense. You'll get on a roll and it will all just happen. You'll accomplish that drawer and you'll want to do the shelf. <laughs> and and you'll begin to recognize the box church's treatment this is great about decluttering is, is when you free those things, you'll begin to recognize the box church's treatment of LGBTQ plus people, and you'll begin to see their pattern of exclusion. You'll see what they call love feels, feels an awful lot like hate. Yeah. And you'll wonder, what does it mean? What does it really mean to love? But again, all that happens organically and you don't need to worry about that. Yeah. I, I have to tell a story real quick about yeah. uh, my mom. Can I? She lived in a house in Ohio with a basement, and for years, years, she wanted that basement decluttered. <laughs> and for years, it was like, no, oh my God, it's so hard. There's so much stuff down there. We can't, you know, it was just full of crap everywhere. And we finally did it. It took like three and a half or four hours. Yeah. And that was it. And it was done. And it was done. And I gave up years of time and worry to save save what amounted to four hours of yeah. work at the time. To it was just inv- avoiding yeah, it. Right. To avoid that. And so yeah, yeah, and the same with the same with your belief system, because we felt uneasy about a lot of beliefs um for years before we actually our kids came out and then then things really fell apart yeah. in our belief system. And it was so freeing. So it was so, so where freeing. do we so where do we start? Yeah, so let's say you start with a utensil drawer. <laughs> Put all the spatulas, et cetera, out on the table and say, do I use this? Do I like this? Well, and for theology, let's mm-hmm. start with something that doesn't feel right to you, that you kind of know in your heart doesn't feel right, like the idea that people are supposed to be able to identify Christians by their love, and instead we seem to identify Christians by their unlove. Yes. Just take one element at a time and put it out there on the table and say, is this good for me? Is this helpful? Does this make me feel good? 
and supported and full of life? Or do I make need to make a change? Here? Yeah. I mean, it helps to get a vision for yourself. What do you want out of this? What is your end goal? Does your, I want to look around in the house and my eye rests and feels good. I don't want stuff mm. that in each thing is, is like a to-do list item calling to me. I don't want that. So what do you want out of this? Does your clutter make you feel oppressed? Does your home feel a little unsettling and closed in? Maybe you just want to streamline your possessions so you feel better. So you can sit on the sofa and say, ah. and that's very doable. And it's very fair to have peace in your home where you live. The same with your beliefs. Does that also make you feel closed in, not really feel free in your heart and your head? So maybe you just want to streamline your theology so you feel free. So you trust your own heart and mind so you can sit with your own body and your own thoughts and say, ah, come on, say it with me now. <laughs> ah, yeah. Good. That is also very doable and it's very fair to be at peace in that heart and mind and body where you live. Yeah. And maybe your goal is to remove the physical items that no longer serve you and pare down to the items that you feel very good about. Maybe your guideline is, if I haven't used this in a year, it goes. Same with your mental clutter. Maybe your goal is to remove the beliefs that no longer serve you and pare it down to the few basics that you really feel good about. Maybe your guideline is, if Jesus didn't teach this directly, it goes. Whatever that is for you, you know? Yes. Yeah. Talking Christians here, obviously, but yes, exactly. You can ask Marie Kondo's great question, which is deceivingly simple, but it makes a great guideline. Does this spark joy? Hmm. That's great because it cuts through all the other noise. Does this pan spark joy? It depends. What are you making with the pan? Yeah, well, no, you know, I just don't like cooking with it. Hmm. Then it goes, get another one. Does this shirt spark joy? No, every time I see it, I think how much money I paid for it, which is why I keep keeping it, but there's no joy in it, okay? Mm. Then it goes. And is feeling more righteous than most everybody else spark joy? No, not really. Then it, it goes. You know, and, and we think it's going to feel better mm. to feel better than everybody else, but it really doesn't. It's a, it's a treadmill that you can't get off of. Yeah, that's true. Now, does this spark joy, feeling like you're a lowly, unworthy scum that God barely tolerates and can only stand you because God really doesn't look at you, he looks at Jesus instead? Oh my gosh, how many times have we heard that in church? Does that spark joy? Does that spark joy? No. Then it goes. So, so wait a minute, really? I mean, yeah, really. Can I really trust my own sense of joy to know what's good for me? Yes, yes. <laughs> Your joy in contrast to the dread in the pit of your stomach, is a very good gauge. It's a very yes. good gauge. It's, a, it's very trustworthy. Yes. And the fact that we've been told that our own sense of ourselves is fundamentally flawed is a huge red flag. Okay, so does it spark joy to feel like my own sense of self is not to be trusted? No. No. Then it goes. Yeah. You see how this works? No, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. We're as serious as we can be about this. Yeah, You can exactly. discard this. Yes. And it goes. So let's keep going. We're going to dig a little deeper now. And you're staying with the house stuff, right? I'm staying with the house stuff. All right, cool. You may find it difficult to part with certain possessions because maybe you inherited them 
It's been in the house for generations. Maybe that bedroom set was your grandparents and you don't even like it. And now it's yours. You're welcome. Somebody, somebody I knew told her two adult children that the furniture in her house has been in the family for generations. And when she dies, they cannot get rid of it. Thanks. Wow. Wow. What a, what a burden to put on those kids. And her sister-in-law found out about this. And she's very close. They're very close to each other. And she said, you need to take that burden off of them. Tell them they do not have to keep that furniture. So what it's been in the family for generations, that doesn't give it magic power. It's just stuff. <laughs> so what, are, are, are they trying to get their money's worth out of it? I mean, come on now. Your grandparents paid $2 for this. <laughs> Back in the day. Similarly, we want every penny that's right. Similarly, you may have pastors going back in your family for generations, and you're expected to, if not be a pastor, at least continue the same belief system. Yeah, we've heard that so many times. Yeah. My father's a pastor. Yeah. His father's a pastor. They've, they've given you the equivalent of this bulky, heavy, old, dusty, unattractive furniture that's yours and you can't get rid of it. So yeah. instead of letting you buy your own furniture, trust your own spirituality, make your own choices about your own beliefs. Yeah, it's, it's that grotesque song. You know the song, that old-time religion, it's good enough for me. Oh, you're not going to sing it? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It was good enough. It was good enough for mother. It was good enough for father. It was good enough for grandma. It's good enough for me. I mean, yay! Is that okay? Is it though? Is it is it good enough? For, I'm serious now. Is it is it good enough for you? Was it even good enough for them? I mean, they have they may have been satisfied with an outhouse. You know what I mean? I mean, <laughs> yeah. they may have they may have hated yeah. that better furniture and, and wished they could afford something new. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they may have washed their clothes on rocks. I mean, <laughs> your mother, Rob, yeah. your mother said, the good old days were not that good. <laughs> they were a lot of work and, you know, didn't have dishwasher, didn't, uh, just all kinds of things. And that old time religion mm. was racist and sexist and queer phobic. Old time religion? Um, yeah, <laughs> that we've inherited yeah, there we go. here yeah. today in America and many places and many other things you probably really don't want to be. And it, it does seem to have gotten more that way yeah. and not less. So don't just take these random inherited ideas just because they were thrust upon you. Instead, you yeah. want to look at it closely for yourself. Trust yourself. Be careful if, of things that are thrust upon you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the joke guy. Oh my gosh. Now we're getting into, we have to have a warning label, a warning thing. Anyway, so if, if an idea is not serving you, if you recognize it as being at odds with what your heart knows is true, if it feels at odds with the central gospel message of love, unconditional love and acceptance that you know is from Jesus, it's time to give it up. Let yeah. it go. Yeah. Declutter. Maybe it's a possession you've had for years. There's nothing wrong with it. Why should you get rid of it? Maybe you spent good money on it and you don't want to waste that money. But the truth is, if it's not enhancing your life, if you don't love it, and perhaps it has a little unpleasant memory attached to it even, so you feel a little pang when you see it, 
you definitely want, don't want to keep that in your space all the time. Yes, mom may show up and say, where's that big piece of art I bought you? I thought it would look so nice in your living room. Or she might say, why don't you believe what we taught you? Where's that big piece of theology we taught you? You become, <laughs> We thought it looked so nice in yeah, your living room, in your head. You've become all woke. And you know that's a good thing now. And you'll have to say, you know what? It, it doesn't suit me. I don't believe that's what Jesus meant. This theology is hurting people. I can't agree with what I learned growing up anymore. But mom, we don't have to agree. I just need to be true to what I believe is right for me. Yeah. And like we've said, we'd much rather be woke than asleep. Yeah. So, it t- you know, it, it, that takes, that sounds simple and easy. It takes courage to be at odds with someone you love. It takes courage to be free. Exactly. Exactly. Just because somebody gave you something doesn't mean you now have to keep it. And surely they did not mean to give you a burden for life when they gave you that thing, did they? Surely they didn't mean to tie it around your neck like a rock. And if they did mean it, that's all the more reason, all the more reason to take it off your neck right now. And back to decluttering beliefs. If you have been told not to question the beliefs you've learned growing up, that's all the more reason to get them off now. Yeah. So back to the and house. We, and, we, and we resist often giving up our physical items because we spend a lot of money on it. We don't want to waste that money. But let me tell you, the truth is the money was lost at the point of purchase. Not at the point of giving away the item. You already spent the money. And whether you keep it or not, the money is gone. And keeping the item does not restore any of the money, but it's also a reminder of the money you feel bad about wasting. That's a great point. Yeah. So let it go and move on. And just because you think your item is valuable doesn't mean it is. It's only worth the money someone will pay for it. That's how it works. That's how prices happen. And if that designer handbag you paid $200 for, I don't know anybody who paid, but some of them cost $200. But if it's going on eBay for $20, then that's the current value. It's worth what someone will pay for it. And just because you've had that belief for 20 years doesn't mean it doesn't make it more valuable than if you only believed it yesterday. So what about your spiritual beliefs, your, your theology? You may have believed in hell all your life. And it's caused a lot of stress to believe that. Indeed. Fear, fear, concern for people who, quote, aren't saved. And you think that because you spent all that time believing it. It's more true than if you just heard it yesterday. You know what I mean? But it's not. It's not. You may think that your belief, let's say, that people are evil at the core, that there's no good in them is true because that's the value you inherited. That's the belief you inherited. But as you look at people, the world over who help each other and care for each other, who do kind things for each other, who care for you, who care for each other, you have to rethink your assessment and say, you know, maybe that's not true. Maybe my thought about all of that was not true. Yeah. And it, it starts to make sense, doesn't it, when you deconstruct it? And as you press deeper on this decluttering idea, you may find that there's an identity issue. You may so identify with the house full of tchotchkes, with walls and shelves covered with art, knickknacks, memorabilia, just like your mother had the house when you were growing up, that the thought of stripping it down can feel like you're stripping yourself down. It may feel threatening to who you are, 
even though inside you is feeling really pressed and even agitated, having so much going on that you can't even think. That's what happens to hoarders, isn't it? They can't imagine a life without all that stuff. And so they're stuck year after year after year. And we may be stepping on a few toes out there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, it, you know, let's say it's even something in the architecture itself. There's a wall that breaks the living room into two spaces, maybe a living room and a dining room, but they're too small to be really useful. But if you remove that wall, you can open, up, open it up into one bigger space that you can do so much more with. Yeah, but you have to be able to think outside the the pattern. Mm. And you too may have inherited beliefs that feel crucial. That even to imagine taking that belief about the fallenness of humankind, let's say, down from prominent display makes you panic. Just yes. the possibility that there's no hell, which should be really good news, shouldn't it? Instead, it sends people into abject. Panic. That that's really true. Yeah. You hear them. It takes courage to reconsider something that has become part of your architecture. I mean, what happens to bad people, and what reason is there to be good? That's always these, a question when you question hell. Yeah, these are common thoughts. You may yeah. feel threatened just to ask a question. Your view of humanity may have been separated into two divided groups: those who know God and those who don't. Us versus them. And those who know God may believe their mission is to tell the other group who think, who they think have no, no good in them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Imagine if you remove that literally man-made division, you remove that firewall of hell, then you find you have one bigger humanity that has been asked to work together and get along to work together and help each other. You know, to work and play well with others. <laughs> like we learned in kindergarten. Yeah. You see what we did there? We The separated rooms and now the separated humanity. That's pretty good. That's pretty clever. <laughs> <laughs> I give us five stars. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so easy to feel threatened by a clean out when it's all you ever have known. I mm. I understand that. I used to be such a pack rat, such a pack rat. And, you know, you grew up believing this, and who will you be without it? If you're not the hoarder, who are you? If you're not the pack rat, who are you? If you're not the very religious person, who are you? If you're not the one who believes everything you've been taught, who are you? And if you truly are a hoarder, you may want to get back to, you know, you may want to seek therapy so you can part with unusable and even dangerous items from your home. And if you're a hoarder of religious beliefs, honestly, you may want to seek some counsel, some therapy to part with unusable, even dangerous beliefs. You can, beloved, you can do it. You can do it. Yeah. It's, there's such freedom. We say sometimes, you know, there's a, there's a, open your box. There's a joy in life and freedom out here that you can't even imagine. It's more, more amazing, more life giving than you can imagine. You just need, to open the box. You just need yeah. to give the thing away. You just need to let go of the belief. When you've been taught to be afraid to question, that's, it's time to question. And even condemned for questioning. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So final thing, I said we'd talk about Swedish death claim. Oh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I want to know. I have no idea what this is. I want to know what Swedish... Okay. What Swedish death cleaning? I, I just need a I'm shirt. I'm going to tell you. It says, I'm into Swedish death cleaning. 
<laughs> wow. Maybe not since I don't even know what it is yet. Well, this possibly scary phrase mm-hmm. just means to declutter your possessions before you die. We tend to accumulate, as we've talked about, a house full of possessions, many of which we know are, they're just no longer relevant in our lives. Either they're stuff from when the kids were little, maybe, or from us years back. And we may be the ones holding on to these heirlooms, in quote, air quote, heirlooms, to pass on to our children. But nobody's going to want it, really. If you search your soul, you know nobody's going to want this. Well, and, and that, what a burden to put that on your kids. Now yes. they're not just decluttering their stuff. They're decluttering their dead parents' stuff. That's yes. That man, what a heavy load and that I, is. I know somebody who inherited uh, parents' stuff and in-law stuff and put it all in storage, and now for years has been paying a monthly storage fee to store all this stuff that nobody wants. Mm. For years, she could have bought a house with that money. I bet, or you know. Yeah, because it seems close, now it close. seems disrespectful in some way to try yeah. to get. Yeah, it's just so think about yes. the burden yeah. that you've taken on by doing this. You don't, if you're the kid, you don't need to carry that burden. And if you're the uh, one passing stuff on, don't do that to your kids or your grandkids. And you'll do a huge favor to them by just moving that stuff out now. Of course, it's. An admission that we will die someday, mm. which most of us kept, have kept as buried as possible. <laughs> but the science is in, and death is 100%, period. So do everyone a favor and even ask them, mm-hmm. will you want these things? Do you remember yeah, a few you did, years yeah, back? Yeah, you did that. Yeah, well, I took out all the Christmas ornaments and laid them all out in groups. <laughs> I This is the mother that I am. <laughs> And I took pictures of them and I sent the pics to the kids and told them to tell me individually which ones they would like to have. And they did. We don't do a tree anymore. You know, we're, yeah. we haven't done a tree in a long time. Once the kids are grown, it's just not that compelling. Not to us anyway. But I was, they, there was, I was able to give them exactly the ornaments that they wanted that had meaning to them. And there was surprisingly little overlap. And it just turned out that different ones were special to different kids. And then I gave away the no, one of the ones nobody wanted. And it was so freeing. And they treasure those now. They treasure yeah, those. And they've yeah. got exactly what they want. I don't have to think about it again. Yeah. And, and you did that with other stuff too, didn't you? Yeah, I did. It was like even longer ago than that. We were just in our 40s. The kids were teens. It was a long time ago. It was. <laughs> and we sat them all in the living room and we asked them about various items. We don't have anything expensive, but just the art they grew up with, you know, prints on the wall, the, my jewelry box. It's just, you know, just stuff that may have sentimental value. And I was surprised that there was really little overlap and where it did overlap. I don't know if you remember this, but we were able to negotiate and more than once someone said, oh, they can have that. It's more important to them than to me. It's, it's very, very sweet. Mm. And I'm getting like, moved by that because you know this is all possible because we were all sitting 
right there still with no plans to leave anytime soon. So there was no heat around it. If you're doing it on your deathbed, it's, it's too emotional, you know, and they're not, it's not after we're gone where they're saying, I want that statue and dad loved you more than me. You know, those are the conversations that happen. Yeah. And some of the horror stories of what happens afterward are, are horrific. And my vision, perhaps because I lost so many people young, I don't know, is to hand off that baton myself as, as, as I'm able to do that. And now they have the freedom to say, hey, I would like that v- purse eventually or whatever. And I have zero qualms about it. My son made a comment about our cups that say Cottrell. It's a, from a business that happened to be named Cottrell. And he liked them. And I was like, here, have it, have them. That's great. I'd rather know what touches their hearts. And sometimes, you know, it just feels good to say, I'm happy for you to have it. So, but the beliefs, you've got to do the same with the beliefs. Don't take on that burden. And if you're the parent, even free yourself, free them by saying, you don't have to carry these beliefs. Yeah, that's the, You do what applies for you. Yeah, that's the beauty of this is you're able to pass on the handful of treasures that people really do want. Yes, yes. And it, it's just stuff. They are what's important. People are what's important. The stuff only is important if it makes someone happy. If you do this, if you declutter, it will be such a gift to those who will otherwise have to do yeah. it. And? As important as the physical decluttering is, mm-hmm. the worldview decluttering is also hella important, as our, <laughs> yes. as our daughter would say. Yes. When you have a collection of beliefs that really don't work with real people in the real world that never made sense to begin with, that you may have inherited, so to speak, in the first place, it is such a gift to you and to those who come after you to declutter your beliefs. That's deconstruction. Yes. Now, if you're the parent here, you have a you have a brilliant opportunity. Admit that much of what you learned for 20 years or so was not loving. We we had to do that as we look back on yes. 20 plus years in the evangelical yes. church. We didn't realize we talked about this, what we had come to believe. It was yeah. not loving. It was excluding and shaming and hurtful. To so many people, yeah. hear what people around you are saying about how those teachings land on their hearts. And you tell the truth about how far out of hand those beliefs have gotten, how hurtful they are, and you can neutralize them. You can mm. let them go. That is Lift so them powerful. off of your shoulders and off the shoulders of your children so they don't have to be at odds. I love that. I love that. And if you're the child in this scenario whose parents aren't in a place to declutter their own harmful beliefs, if they insist that you take them and keep them, just send them beautiful thoughts and recognize that they'll only do whatever they're willing or able to do, but you still don't Mm -hmm. have to take them. You still don't have to take them. And those two kids, if their mother had not gone back to them and said, you don't have to keep this furniture after all. I was wrong. If she never said that to them, they're still able to get rid of the furniture. They don't have to keep it. You know, In the same way, you don't have to take the belief in hell and judgment and unworthiness. That's right. Let that go. Declutter your house, declutter 
your beliefs. Beloved, if you have questions about this, email us. Yes. We're happy to to help you through this. Yeah, podcast at freedhearts.org. Beloved, you deserve this. You deserve this freeing up of space in your life for love and life-giving truth. Declutter your heart from all that religious crap and false teachings. Why? So your heart can be free to love <laughs> And be loved. You can have That's a what freed it's all about. heart. That's what yeah. it's all we, about. We love you. We love you. We'll see you next week when we talk about um, how kids are being groomed, but not how you've been told. <laughs> we'll talk to you next time. We love uh-huh. you. Bye. Bye. Would it be okay if I were to tell you that I am afraid? Someday, so I call you up and you call me down. Would it be okay? You've been listening to the Freed Hearts Podcast. We have extensive resources and vibrant community for you at www.freedhearts.org. Just come say hello. And if you have questions or issues or comments about the podcast, things you'd like us to talk about, reach out to us at podcast at freedhearts.org. The music is provided by Hannah Cottrell, our daughter, the Grammy-nominated Saint Sinner. And you can find out more about her at heystsinner.org. Please share this, subscribe, and follow on your favorite platform. And thanks for listening.